Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Long Shot Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Duncan Robinson, here with my good friend and co-host, Davis Reed. Davis, how are we doing? I'm great. Uh, recording this on a Friday, on a weekend, which is new for us, uh, changing up the schedule a little bit this week because it was a crazy one with the trade deadline. Uh, so we wanted to you know, wait to see how things were going to shake out because uh, what, do you, what do you know? you were uh, a heavy name thrown around during the trade deadline, which honestly was kind of cool for me. I imagine it wasn't cool for you though. Yeah, cool would not be the adjective that I would use, but I, I appreciate you acknowledging the different parameters that we're operating under this week. Obviously, we pushed the episode. Uh, you can continue to expect every Thursday from here on out that we will drop an episode. This week just so happened to fall on the trade deadline, obviously, and it just would have felt a little disingenuous to pump out an episode amidst a bunch of craziness. You know, my my mind uh, was obviously on my my main profession. Uh, I consider this a side hustle, of course. Uh, but my my mind, attention, and energy was on obviously my my future in the NBA, uh, and also you know, the, of course, the Miami Heat, um, helping the Miami Heat win a basketball game or trying to. Uh, so just kind of the 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 nature of this this week's episode is a little bit different but we certainly appreciate you guys you know staying with us of course yeah it was let me tell you it was an emotional roller coaster for me just as a fan although i'm sort of like inextricably linked to you now so uh i feel like i took on some of that stress during trade deadline like i'm just refreshing twitter for you know two three hours yeah well i, I was gonna say i i think that at this point you're you're more than a fan. You know, I, yeah, I think that fair. you have a certain level of investment, uh, obviously, lot, actually. In, in my whereabouts. And, uh, you know, I, I like to view this as, you know, we're all in this together, you know, particularly, you know, as, as I've mentioned, you and I go way back. So, you know, my future is very much, it's not my future, it's our future. Uh, it's as it's a collective, you know, we have our archetype friend group and, you know, wherever it's, it's wherever we go, not wherever I go, it's wherever we go. Look, I've always cared about your career deeply, but yes, it's it has an added incentive now uh, that the Long Shot Podcast is a thing. I really thought that we were going to be taking our talents north of the border. I thought the podcast was going to be tapping into a whole new country. I thought we were going to gain a bunch of Canadian listeners uh, because, man, it was just the again the day was just crazy. So I'm curious what it was like for you because I, you know, admittedly love the rumors being thrown around. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Reddit, as we've talked about. You know, I live on those sites. So I'm fully aware of everything that's being thrown around. And the day is like, the day almost has become gamified with like, who can predict who's going where, Woj is tweeting, you know, dropping bombs. Shams is coming in every once in a while with bombs. Um, and so I'm I'm keeping up to date with all that stuff. I'm curious, are you, I assume it's impossible to stay away from all of it but are you doing your best to stay away from it or are you getting dragged into it inevitably? Yeah. So I, I went the completely other direction or at least attempted to, you know, I, I don't have Twitter. Um, I have an account, but I don't have it on my phone, uh, which is one of the better decisions that I've made in my, in my young career uh, is to, to be off of Twitter. Um, so I don't have Twitter. I, I deleted Reddit. I deleted, I deleted everything. I deleted Instagram. Um, for actually the the last couple of weeks, just with everything going on, and I it helped me siphon the news right because there's so much out there, so much, and 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 there's all this speculation on what's legitimate and what's not. 
but let's be honest. There, there's two people that are legitimate. <laughs> there's there's Shams, and there's Walsh. Right. Those guys, you see it. Those guys don't. Those guys don't just you know throw stuff out there. They tweet stuff when it's legit. So I figured, look, I'm not gonna get caught in this emotional roller coaster of going through the highs and the lows of you know this beat reporter said this or this guy with a scoop said that. It's like. No, we're just gonna wait for the heavy hitters uh, and see what happens. So I, I was I was obviously keyed in on those guys, and of course, you know, talking to my agent throughout the day, um, all while still, you know, I, we had a game that night, so still right. keeping my my focus on, you know, trying to to prepare and do what I needed to do uh, in order to to help the Miami Heat win a game. So it it was it was such a just a peculiar situation to be in obviously every year you know since i was a, a kid and really started following the nba the trade deadline kind of becomes this big thing and obviously free agency is now as well it's like the off season in in the behind the scenes the front office moves are as much of being an nba fan as actually watching the games you know tracking the player movement and tracking the rumors of who's going to sign where and and who's going to sign for what uh so it, it was interesting to to be fully thrusted into that I, I was actually I was talking to my agent about it and I never really had that on draft night you know I, I kind of knew pretty comfortably that I wasn't going to get drafted so I didn't have any stress towards you know where am I going to be what's going to happen how's this going to play out and I think that's a lot of players first experience with like the really business side of this. And I never had that because I was pretty comfortable and uh, understood that I wasn't going to get drafted. So this was really my first experience with it. Uh, in previous trade deadlines, I was never really kind of in the mix um, in, as far as being included in a deal. But obviously I was kind of in the, in the middle of it all yesterday, uh, which like I said, just a, <laughs> certainly a privileged situation to be in you know I'm, I'm a professional basketball player and it comes with the territory but definitely an interesting one as well so do you have do you feel like because your agent's great you've got one of the best agents in the league but do you do you have a sense that you have a good pulse of what's going on or are both of you kind of like yeah we'll see yeah i mean it's 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 interesting because no, like nobody, like you, you can have a hunch and you can have a, you know, maybe an intuition of what you think might happen, but like nobody really knows. I, I mean, people are, are making these decisions in live time. You know, what Woj always says, and I think it's absolutely true. It's, it's a deadline league, you know? So, you know, there's all these rumors gaining traction throughout the week, but nothing's going to actually happen. No decisions are actually going to be made until teams feel that their backs are pressed up against the wall and pressed up against the deadline. So, you know, with that being said, you're, you're kind of at the, or not kind of, you're definitely at, at the mercy of others. Um, and you just kind of got to roll with the punches, but it's, it's interesting. I mean, the one thing that I definitely learned, and I love Ramona Shelburne. She's the best. Her and I have a have a great relationship. She uh, she very sweetly took the time to write a, a you know a long column and and you know featured story on me going into the bubble, uh, which I was very appreciative of. But uh, she was just texting. She was texting with me and checking in, and really just out of like from the standpoint of you know, making sure I'm all right. And, you know, I, I responded to her and of course my response just ends up on sports center. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. like, it's this reminder. And it, I, I know I don't, I'm not blasting Ramona for like trying to catch a, a scoop or whatever, but it's just, it's just this reminder of like, 
it's really the entertainment business and like any little thing that you can get to try to you know paint things in a in a little bit more attractive light or get people to kind of chuckle or or get a few extra laughs or views uh you know people are gonna uh, jump at so i certainly learned my lesson uh with that not that i said anything bad i just said that i was really heavily debating on whether or not I should take a pregame nap. <laughs> which uh, that is a was fair really, debate, by the yeah, way. Yeah, which is really the extent of it. Uh, but it's just funny how I got so many texts, people being like, oh, sorry, you didn't get your nap, or I hope you got your nap, or, you know, whatever. So it's just funny how that plays out. It was it was funny on, again, because I'm online all day yesterday. Once it the news breaks that the Lowry deal is not happening, Duncan Robinson's staying in Miami. Uh, the reaction is, all right, Dunk, you can take that nap, buddy. It's like, yeah. all right, we, everyone can relax now. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I was just pumped with adrenaline, <laughs> right, so there, right. there wasn't there wasn't going to be any nap, uh, and also excitement. I mean, I, I love Miami, and I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Uh, also completely understand the nature of if a team has an opportunity to get better, then they're, they're going to try to do that. So uh, it, it just, like I said earlier, it comes with the territory of being a professional athlete. And if these are our problems, then they're, they're, they're petty problems compared to most of what's going on in the world. Fair enough. But you guys did get better, in my opinion. Um, so you guys end up making some moves. Obviously, Oladipo coming to Miami, Bielitsa coming to Miami. Uh, you guys had Ariza. He's now played a couple games, but got Ariza in Miami. And Duncan Robinson staying in Miami, which I think is is a nasty roster. Uh, when you now, you know, it's, it's not even been 24 hours since all this is settled, but if you had time to kind of think about where you guys are at now, what the roster looks like, uh, and you know, what that looks like for you guys moving forward. Honestly, not really too much. Um, and you know, I, I don't want to speculate or, or get too lost in the weeds and trying to break down a, a trade that obviously, you know, I'm just a player. <laughs> um, so I, I just kind of go out there and, and try to do my job on the court. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you know I think the the Victor Oladipo to Miami thing has kind of been well documented. Uh, the the mutual interest there over the years, um, you know, I, it's I'm excited about the future. Anytime you have an opportunity to contend, uh, also it, you know there, there's a human side to this as well, and that you know friends. Uh, of mine and, and teammates and, and people that I really enjoy being around are are going other places as well. Um, so there's there's definitely that. I'm gonna miss those guys. You know, Kelly, Chris, Mo, Avery, uh, all all great people um, and, and really good players. So definitely the the human element. We'll miss those guys. Um, but you know, like I said, have have reiterated over and over. It's it's just kind of the nature of this business. So. Um, I'm excited also uh, to continue, like you said, to be in Miami and continue to try to win games for the the Heat. What was the game like last night? Because like you said, you guys then, it is a crazy day in the NBA, but then you go play a game where immediately, yeah, the locker room looks different, right? So obviously the guys you got Miami trades for aren't available or in Miami last night, but the guys that are sent away from Miami are not in the locker room. So what's it like for you then to show up to the arena after the emotionally draining day that is the trade deadline, especially when your name's being thrown around in some hypothetical trades? Is it sort of like a sigh of relief when you go in the locker room and you see your guys? Are people like, hey, happy you're still here? Or is it just kind of like, all right, back to business? There, there's a little bit of the, the lighthearted uh, jokingness. Um, it, it was, it was definitely different. You know, it was quiet. You know, we, we only had nine guys, uh, available last night. Um, so obviously, you know, with guys, uh, getting sent elsewhere and then, uh, our new additions not being ready to play, you know, there's all sorts of things you have to go through in terms of, um, 
you know, physicals and, and getting cleared and having the, the trade actually be, you know, official from the league. So uh, it, it was definitely a different, different vibe uh, in, in the locker room last night. But um, of course, you know, no excuses. That's, that's one thing that's going to remain a staple with the Miami Heat organization and that it's, we just got to find a way uh, to try to compete. And I thought last night guys, guys stepped up and um, you know, a handful of guys played really well in, in uh, you know, elevated opportunities and elevated roles and uh other guys really you know stepped into uh you know having the ball in their hands tyler i thought played great kendrick played great um so it's you know we're continuing to to push forward and uh you know this league certainly doesn't stop for anybody so regardless of what's what's going on and what's happening uh you just got to continue to push forward and continue to find a way to win yeah makes sense is there any is there any truth to just the sigh of relief that comes after the trade deadline. Like now everybody in that locker room knows that they're there for the rest of the season. Like, is it, is it make it easier to go out there and play freely? Or is that something that is just like, again, it's kind of like, okay, well, here we go. We're back to, you know, this is what we do. Um, maybe a little bit. I mean, I, th I think that it just allows the focus to really shift. Right. And that, um, you know, maybe prior to there's all these potential variables, um, you know, there's some uncertainty just around everything. And, and once again, that, that's just the human condition, the, the human element of, uh, you know, uncertainty, right? And that now this is this is the roster that, that we'll have for at least the rest of this year. And, and of course, certainly next year, it'll probably look different. But, uh, you know, this next six weeks of this regular season and, and you know, moving forward into the playoffs, this is what we have. And it just, it simplifies things in a way and that it just becomes, you know, we got to just figure out a way to be playing our best basketball at the right time because that, that's what it's all about. Um, obviously, the regular season is important for, you know, gaining traction and positioning and, you know, playoff seating and all that sort of stuff. But it's really just about if you can be playing your best basketball at the right time. And, uh, you know, now we have this this window, this six week window to really gel and come together and prioritize winning and, and find a way to get it done. Love it. Um, all right. I wanted to get your uh, reaction or just talk a little bit about other moves that were made around the league. Um, can we start with the, the great Gary migration of 2021? Yeah, that, that for me, uh, is certainly the highlight of the trade <laughs> deadline in that if your name was Gary and you played in the NBA, you got traded yesterday. <laughs> Which, what a wild fact. What a wild stat. Lucky you're, maybe, you're lucky your name's not, uh, middle name's not Gary. And it's it's not to say that, like, Gary isn't, like, an uncommon name, but it's not, it's not Mike. It's not Matt. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's wild to me that every single Gary that played in the NBA got moved. I mean, I think that is an incredibly underrated little, I don't know if it's a fact, it's, I guess it's an anecdote. Um, yeah. But gosh, that that's a fun one. Uh, just Gary's all over, just moving all over. It's it's special stuff. Yeah, well, so for those of you that don't know, yeah, Gary Trent Jr. got traded uh, to Toronto. Gary Harris got traded to Orlando. Gary Clark got traded to Denver. Yeah, two of the Garys got traded for each other. Right, exactly, which is which is insane. Gary for Gary, a Gary swap. Yeah, it's a straight up Gary swap. Uh, speaking of Orlando, they had a little bit of a fire sale um, where they were just kind of sending guys out. Your your uh, in state rivals is that a thing? In state rivals, certainly, yeah. certainly, yeah. yeah. In state rival, they uh, they send Vooch to Chicago, which I was shocked by. It's amazing because a lot of times, like you said, Woj and Shams, they're sort of like the the pinnacle of the legitimate source for these things. 
Uh, and so you can, you know, usually they have a sense of, you know, some team names, some player names, and you sort of get a sense of what might happen. Vooch to Chicago, I don't know if was on anyone's radar. It certainly was not something I had seen. So that one felt like it came out of nowhere. Now the sudden Chicago's got two all-stars. Yeah. I mean, obviously they, they got a lot better. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny there. There's always, it seems like every year those moves that, you know, there's moves that, that have smoke and then they, they pick up steam and then they happen. Um, and then there's moves that just kind of come out of nowhere. And, and that was certainly one of those, but you know, anytime that you have an opportunity to uh, acquire an all-star and obviously get a lot better, um, it's, I think it's a, a decision worth jumping at. So, uh, it, it definitely, like you said, it puts Orlando in an interesting situation. I love the the uh, the Terrence Ross tweet. I don't know if you saw that. I'm, <laughs> yeah. the, I'm the captain now. Uh, that's that's just some good, clean quality trade deadline fun right there. I mean, he gets up what thirty shots a game now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Certainly, plenty of shots to go around uh, now down down in Orlando between him and uh, Evan fournier leaving as well but uh it's it's just it's just the nature of this league you know it's 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 so crazy to think that you know vooch who's been a staple down in orlando now just up and leaves and you know puts on a different jersey has a different fan base has you know completely relocates his entire family um it's just like i like i've been reiterating it's just the nature of the business but it's what makes you know professional sports just such a entertaining and and interesting industry totally um like you said fournier also leaves he goes to boston to join our guy moritz wagner who's now a boston celtic what do you think about that I'm super happy uh, for Mo. He was on the move twice uh, yeah. to shine a little light on, on his situation. You know, he called me and, and he was like, I'm, I'm going to Chicago. And then like an hour later, he's like packed up his bags. He's ready to go to Chicago. And he calls me. He's like, no, wait, I'm going to Boston. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just a perfect example of just how crazy everything is. But um you know, I, I grew up in that area, so my, my mom, of course, in our, our little group chat that Mo, uh, my mom and I have, <clears throat> immediately jumps, you know, jumps on the text thread and goes, "Mo, you're coming to you're coming <laughs> to Easter brunch, like you know, going so on and so forth." Uh, so he'll have some, you know, secondary family in the Boston area, which is nice for him and a great opportunity to play and compete and um, you know really showcase his abilities, which I'm excited for. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I love it. I uh, I texted him when I saw the Chicago news. I was like, hey, so happy you're going to be a Midwest boy. And then, yeah, 30 minutes later, it's like, wait, scratch that. So glad you're going to Boston. You're going to be great there. But I do. Yeah. I, I actually, I love the fit. I love the fit. I think he'll have a chance to play there and be great there, which is which is awesome. Yeah, I want to, uh, I want to transition with, uh, with Mo's name being brought up. I want to transition into some college basketball. Yeah, actually. sure. Uh, unless you have anything more you want to touch on in regards to the NBA. The the last thing I wanted to mention, well, there's a couple more trades, but the last one I really wanted to hit on was just that uh, JJ, our uh, business uh, boss, do we call him our boss? I don't know if he's our boss. I don't know what our relationship to JJ is, but he's on the move. He's going to Dallas. Yeah, yeah, of course, probably um, should definitely mention that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 great for him to be in a, a situation where he'll be able to to really compete and, and play for a, a title. Um, you know, Dallas is obviously you know building something special around Luca. So, and, and I think JJ, a veteran presence, who knows what it takes to win in in, in the playoffs, and uh, will really provide a, a spark for them. So that's 
I'm, I'm happy for him in, in that regard as well. I think. I don't really know. I haven't talked to him, so I don't really know how he feels about the trade. So uh, if, if you're not happy about it, JJ, I'm sorry that I just said that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. I want to talk NCAA tournament. Obviously, you know, the first two rounds were a ton of fun to watch. You know, it's, it's funny. When I was playing college basketball, I was so entrenched in college basketball, and I, I would watch it all the time. And I would occasionally watch NBA here and there, but now that I, I play in the NBA, I pretty much watch exclusively NBA basketball. So I knew very little coming into uh, this NCAA tournament about teams. I, I would watch Michigan whenever I had the opportunity to. And I think my my lack of knowledge was well represented in my bracket that we released um, had some pretty atrocious picks uh, or has played out to be pretty atrocious picks. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, I, the the first weekend was just certainly a reminder of how special and how unique college basketball is, and particularly the NCAA tournament. There's just absolutely nothing like it. The, you know, one game, all it takes to advance – you know, seasons are on on the line for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a two seed, a one seed, a fifty. Like it doesn't matter. Like the ball goes up, and it's forty minutes to determine your season. And we just saw some electrifying games, electrifying moments. Uh, we saw some great teams fall. We saw some some teams advance and gain some traction. And of course, as always. There's always a, a slew of upsets and, and underdogs, uh, which become pretty easy to root for. So I, I don't know what, what what you got. If you got any headlines or storylines that you're particularly interested heading into, you know this this weekend as well. A couple things. One, your bracket is atrocious, but you're still winning the three four two bracket pool at the moment, which is more an insult to our brackets as a whole than it is a compliment to yours. I think all of us had no idea what we were doing. Um, but with that being said, yeah, like I agree with everything you're saying. It's, it's been electric. Cause I'm like you, I grew up a diehard KU basketball fan, diehard, like to the point where they lose a game. I'm crying myself to sleep. Like I, right. it, I live Kansas basketball is a religion here. Uh, growing up, my, both my parents went to Lawrence, went to the university of Kansas. So it's like, you know, I lived and breathed it. But once I hit that age and I played in college it became weird for me to care about guys who were my age and better than me. It was just like, it, it was weird for me to cheer those guys on. So I made the transition to an NBA fan. Now I watch strictly NBA as well. I'll tune, I'll tune into like big college basketball games, but didn't watch as much either. So watching the tournament is, it's just, not only is it nostalgic, but there is something so special about college basketball. And like you said, these guys are just playing their hearts out because everything rests on these one games. So it is just, it's been so much fun to watch. I do want to ask you about the Big Ten because I, I'm sorry to break it to you. It seems like other than your Michigan Wolverines, that's the positive here. It's all other matters. than them, the Big Ten has struggled quite a bit in the tournament. Uh, what are you chalking that up to COVID? Are you saying, look, Michigan is the best big 10 team and no one else really matters. What's your uh, reaction to that? Um, I, I think it's a combination of things. One of them being the big 10 was just having their, their tires pumped all year. You know, everyone's saying, oh, this is the best conference in the country. You know, the deepest. They, you know, every night it's a battle, you know, even, you know, one through 14, everybody's, capable of beating whoever whatever 
I think that there is a there there's a psychological component to hearing that all year. And then stepping into a tournament, mind you, the teams that you're now playing against have been hearing that all year against the big, or, you know, the big tens this and the yeah. big tens that, and that these teams are great. And I think the, those teams going into that game just have a little bit of a psychological advantage. You know, wow. they, they have the chip, uh, if you will. Now, some teams like the the great Michigan Wolverines are able to overcome that. <laughs> you know, they're they're able to acknowledge the situation, maintain a chip, play together, make winning plays in advance. And what do you chalk that up to? Is that a credit to, is it your your lasting impression maybe? Just like the Duncan Robinson <laughs> no, effect? Certainly not mine. Uh, I, I think it's more so just a... It's like deeply embedded, you know, in mm. in the university, uh, in the program. I think it spreads beyond just the men's basketball program. I think you're seeing it with a women's basketball program as well. True. Shout out to them there in the Sweet 16. Yes. Uh, I, I think it's so much more. I think obviously the credit should go to the players, uh, but it, it's more than just that. You know, Jawan's done an incredible job uh, to where, you know, you're just able to overcome that type of adversity. Other places like a institution maybe 45 minutes down the road in East Lansing are <laughs> incapable of, of doing that. You know, they get up 14 uh, in an elimination game <laughs> with five minutes to go and, and can't seem to close the door. Oh, dear. Uh, but, it, you know, once again, not to take shots at state. Yeah, no um, shots, no shots taken. Right. That wasn't a shot. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's, it's in all seriousness, um, I think I, I think it's just a combination. You know, some, that stuff is just flukish. I mean, like the Pac-12 had been getting crushed all year about how it's such a down conference and it's not what it once was. And then they come out and, and play great. Uh, by the way, USC absolutely rinsed your Kansas Jayhawks. Oh my goodness, uh, wasn't even close. But um, yeah, it, it's there's you know, college basketball is is so interesting just because, like you said, they they play so hard and, and sometimes it can be. And I'm not trying to sound like a basketball snob or anything like that, but like sometimes it's not necessarily like pretty basketball. You know, everyone's kind of on top of each other. Everyone's in the paint. You know, the spacing is always kind of off. Um, but it's it is it really is just like true competition. Which, if you can't appreciate that, then I don't know if I can appreciate you. <laughs> wow, well said. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I also would like to quickly say. I actually picked USC to win that game in my bracket. So that just shows you how far removed I am from being a, a college basketball fan. So did I. I think I, I think I have USC in my final four. I think. What? Yeah, I was going to say, can we do a final four check-in? You picked uh, USC, which is still looking pretty good. They're going to have to beat Gonzaga, but they've looked great. Uh, you have Michigan, obviously. So that's yep. still alive. And then Baylor, who's still very much alive. Love it. And then Oklahoma State, I believe. Yeah. I think that's your one miss. I was... Uh... I was really, I was riding the Cade Cunningham train. Um, I, I thought that, you know, the best player in the tournament would be able to kind of elevate himself. Uh, he, he's an incredible talent um, and, a, and a big time player, but obviously, I don't even, I can't even remember who they lost to off the top of my head. But um, yeah, I think they got upset by Oregon State, I believe. Yeah, Oregon State, that's right. Um, but yeah, so three for four, not bad. It's pretty good. I'll take I'm, it. Yeah. I'm two for four. I had Texas, which they lost to. Ooh. Yeah, first round, 14. See, that's tough, tough look for me. But, you know, we'll see. I'm in second, by the way, bracket pool. You're in first, I'm in second, so I'm still coming for you. What's the prize for this? I don't know if we've said. I don't know if we, we're going to have to hit up Tommy and JJ for that one. 
Um, by the way, for those of you maybe watching on YouTube, Davis is sporting our new merch. It's true. Uh, I am. Rock- rocking a nice catch high keep high yes t-shirt and uh whispers are that they've already sold out well more are on the way but yes we're a hot commodity apparently they're just uh, flying off the shelves huh flying off the shelves but more are coming more are coming so uh we've posted on social media but if you if you guys want to check out the 342 website you can check out the merch you can sign up to get notified when more's out more is on the way i promise we're doing our best to uh increase swag levels across the world Wow, a grassroots effort to increase swag levels. We're just trying to do our part, you know what I mean? Yeah. Real quickly, can you break down the catch high keep high for those that don't know where that comes from? Uh, yeah, that, that's a fun one. Uh, it's something that I've always kind of done in, in like workouts. Uh, I'll have like a segment of my shooting workout where it's just... You know, wherever the ball is thrown to you, even if it's thrown like over your head, just no dip. Um, you, there's examples of great shooters doing it all over. Clay Thompson is probably uh, the best example. Uh, actually, Anthony Morrow it, it might actually be the best example. He has incredible I catch like high, keep high ability. Uh, there, I think there's a whole like montage on <laughs> a video highlight on YouTube of him just catching high and keeping high. Shout out Anthony Morrow. Yeah, it's something that I would I would do. And then we were playing the Pelicans last year, and I don't think I've actually ever told this story, but I had I had never met JJ Redick, and obviously I you know I was I was a fan, a huge fan of his game, uh, how he plays in many ways. You know I I would like watch his film in college, and of course you know as I was trying to transition into the NBA, I still do. You know how he gets open, how he's able to you know be effective, draw fouls, uh, get to his spots, get off shots, all that type of stuff. And we're playing the Pelicans last year, early in the year. And JJ's not playing. He's on the bench. I can't remember what he had. Maybe like an ankle something or a hamstring. Uh, just something like minor. But he wasn't playing. It was in Miami. And he was sitting on the floor right in the corner uh, of their bench. And I got a, a ball swung to me in the corner. And I had an opportunity to – it was like a, a – Drew Holiday was like on like a, a tight closeout. And I had an opportunity to do a catch high, keep high. And the ball like was thrown like right to like right to like my chin area. Uh, I catch it one motion, no dip, let it fly. And as the ball is in the air, I kind of like gave like a little like that's catch high, keep high. Like I said it <laughs> uh, in the quarter, kind of to their bench, maybe not entirely to their bench, um, and he acknowledged it and it was funny because after the game i like tried to like go up to him and talk to him and he he like had no idea who i was and was just like not interested (laughs) in talking to me but then later on down the down the line when i you know went on his podcast and we started to develop a a friendship uh mentorship or uh whatever you want to call it friendship he he would he he cited that moment (laughs) and he was like what did you say (laughs) and i was like catch hike e5 man like that that's my go-to uh and ever since then he's he's loved that and we've kind of run with it so now it's uh yeah now we got a shirt a catch i keep my shirt i love it also i have heard so many stories from you and from others of like yeah duncan you know he doesn't really talk shit but it's like those stories are becoming so common that i think at this point you just have to own that you talk a little shit i need to get someone else's opinion on this though yeah i mean it's not so much talking i I, like i say this all the time it's more so like me talking to myself uh, hyping myself up, 
you know, going to that place that I need to go to in order to get a competitive advantage. You know, and sometimes it. that's sometimes that's running your mouth a little bit. You know, I love it. I love it. There's something special about the guys who can do that. Get themselves going by just talking to themselves. That's that's an elite ability. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't put myself in the category of like the greats that do that, but uh, you know, everybody has it to their own extent. I don't know the the I'm cooking now from the Milwaukee series last season uh, <laughs> is is an all timer. That's one I still use in my just everyday vernacular. Yeah, mic'd up NBA mic'd up will get you, man. You, you just the, the microphones are so small, you don't even <laughs> you like you don't even know that they're. You just completely forget. Uh, anyways. All right, so that that pretty much wraps us up. We did a little trade deadline talk. Uh, of course, you know, needed to touch on the NCAA tournament big weekend coming up with that. Yeah, go blue. But like like we talked about, we just wanted to touch base. Obviously, this schedule had been thrown off a little bit uh, just with the the recent events, if you will. But you can count on it moving forward. Uh, we'll be back to our normal uh routine you know thursday releases uh hope to have a an interview and a guest just about every week uh, maybe with the occasional mailbag we got some great feedback on the feedback True. on the mailbag so uh we're, we're looking to find ways to continue to incorporate that in um more and more and i know we, we teased this earlier but also continue to be on the lookout for an nba top shot giveaway uh yes. it is it is on the horizon we haven't forgotten about that so please stay with us and stay tuned in that regard. Yep, absolutely. Peace out.